Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tea to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I am Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week, is none other than my good friend, LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I'm always excited to spend time with you on a Tuesday morning. Um, I hope you feel the same. It's uh, always a lot of fun, and we have a, a great time together on the show, and we get to talk to some great, interesting people in this wonderful game that we both enjoy uh, called golf. So let me introduce our first guest. We're going to be joined, actually, by her in just a second, but uh, we, we've got a, as I said, we've got a great show. Uh, first up is going to be uh, Fatima Fernandez-Cano. She was with us back in September, and then a little bit later on, uh, we're going to be joined by Julita Stack. She's an LPGA teacher professional and uh, Baltimore Golf Academy's Director of Instruction. She'll be joining us on the second half, so I hope you'll stick around. But let me tell you a little bit about Fatima. She's been on, as I mentioned before. She's a native of Spain and currently is uh, up in Birmingham, Alabama. She was a four-time All-Sun Belt first-team selection for Troy University. Uh, she also uh, was the Women's uh, Golfer of the Year with Troy and set their single-season uh, scoring average record of 72.79 back in 2016. And in 2020, she won the IOA Championship on the Symmetra Tour. And Cindy, she is a Symmetra Tour graduate and we'll be heading off to the LPJ in 2022 as one of their members. So please welcome uh, Cindy Fatima Fernandez-Cano. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me again. Well, you've earned We're the right ha- to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You've you've done a great job and had a great season and, and – um, you finished, uh, I didn't mention that because I'm going to mention it now, but um, uh, you finished in second spot for the race for the card uh, into the top 10. So that's a great accomplishment. Um, so let me ask you something. I'm going to, if you don't mind, Cindy, I'm going to start off here real quick. Um, despite not getting a win this season, you did last year, as I said, at the 2020 Iowa Championship, you still managed to finish in the second spot for the race for the card. So you must be pretty happy, first off, with, with that finishing in a strong season and now, uh, officially, you're a Symmetra Tour graduate and an LPJ Tour member. So tell us how you feel, and what was it you did this season to really grind it out and, and make sure you, you got into one of those spots? Yes, no, I am I'm super happy. Like I said, uh, my, my main goal this season has always been to get that get one of those 10 spots um, at the end of the year, get that full card. Um, it's kind of like the best possible card that you can get going into the LPGA. Um, so even though I did it again, I did it last year, of course, um, I was a little disappointed that I wouldn't get into many events last year. So I just had to kind of pick myself up in a way and say, all right, well, let's do it again. Um, and, and I'm just very, very happy to have, have done it again. Uh, when I was, I think when I was with you guys, with you guys uh, last time, I said, well, I have a few events left in the season, see, see if I can get a mm-hmm. win. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I, I think after I talked to you guys, I got two second places, uh, which, of right. course, it's, it's not bad. So I was, I was just very close. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's been a great season, and I'm just very happy to have, to have done that, uh, to have gotten that, that second place, get a full count to the LPGA and, and, and moving on to the LPGA. But I, I, w- I couldn't tell you what I've done differently. I mean, Ever since last year, I've started to focus um, 
a little bit more in like doing some, some gym work, uh, get a little bit more distance off the tee, and then of course always working on that, you know, that putting uh, hoop that, that, that has been working on and off. I mean, my strength in my golf game has, has always been my uh, iron game. I, I hate a lot of piece regulation. So when that putting kind of wakes up and, and I start making putts is when I, you know, I play really well and I get those those good finishes out there. Um, so I, I guess that's it. Everything kind of came, came together this year. Well, and, and I always look at it this way. If if you're not going to win for whatever reason, whether a part of your game lets you down or you're just not mentally uh, you know, prepared that particular week, as long mm-hmm. as you're knocking on that door, as long as you're right there in the hunt, I, I think that I, I consider that a win. I mean, obviously we all want to win uh, whatever event we get into, but if you're not going to – end up ultimately being uh, hold, hoisting up that trophy, you want to make sure you're knocking hard on that door. And I think you've done that very well. And as you just expressed, mm-hmm. you did that in the last few events. You were number two. Uh, so that's, that's a great accomplishment. And you ultimately did accomplish your goal for the season, and that was to get your full card on the LPGA Tour. So congratulations on that. And I'm going to zip my lip. And Cindy, I'm going to pass it over to you. <laughs> What are you most proud of that you've done this year? Um, I think it is that I stayed patient. Um, so like, like I've mentioned, beginning of the year, I wasn't sure if I was going to be full LPGA or Symmetra just because the status I had on the LPGA was just not that great. Um, and I tried to get into a, into a few events at the very beginning of the year, and I didn't. Like I actually played two Monday qualifiers because I was not in the field. And I was very close to making one of them. Uh, so it's kind of disappointing at the very beginning, of course. Uh, and once, once that happened, I started playing in the Symmetra, and I was still playing well, and I was in the top ten from the very beginning. So I kind of told myself, well, I'm, I may have to do this route again. You know, I mean, this, this might have to be it, unfortunately. I mean, I was really excited to be in the LPGA, but maybe I have to do this again. Um, and I actually talked, I think it was after my seventh event, sixth event, um, I talked to Kim Kaufman. She's been on the LPGA for, for a few years, and she's been on and off between Symmetra and LPGA. And I actually asked her for advice. I said, Kim, what would you do if you were me? And she honestly, she was like, listen, like, you're doing really well in the Symmetra. Do your time here again. Um, and just like the, the next thing will come, just be patient. Um, and I honestly am very, very grateful to her for, her for that advice because that was, kind of, that was the route that I was thinking about taking at that time just because I didn't get into many events in the LPGA. Um, and she, like her saying that uh, really helped me kind of make that decision. And I just stick with the Symmetra Tour. I was patient, and I was just hoping that that route would pay off for me. Um, and it did. Um, so I guess for me, it was just mentally staying patient with it and, and knowing that, just believing in the route that I took, honestly. Uh, it, could, it got hard at times. And it was a time uh, mid-year where I was not playing that well. I was getting a little bit ahead of myself at times. Um, and I went back to just being patient and taking it one at a time and, and I did, so I'm, I think I'm most proud of that. How do you think that that will help you next year and the years to come on the on the LPGA Tour? Um, I think it just gave me the reassurance that I'm good enough to be out there. Um, and that, I mean, I did it twice through the semester. That, that means that I, that I think I have a pretty good uh, level of golf to be out there. Um, and just, I mean, I think the LPGA season is a very long season. So as long as I stay patient, I believe in myself, and I continue to work hard, I think I can, I can really be, you know, doing, doing some damage out there with the LPGA. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, like I said, not to repeat myself, but I think, you know, uh, Fatima, if you, if you just keep knocking on that door, uh, eventually you're going to walk through it. And, and <laughs> I think that you've, you know, sometimes it takes – some of us a little bit longer to get where we need to be. And I think that was some very, very good advice um, that she gave you um, and, and, you know, sticking with the Symmetra and, 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 you know, learning to hone your skills that much more because you're going to be going out, as they say, on the, on the bigger stage and mm-hmm. you're going to be playing against some of the best, you know, women golfers in the game today and you've got to bring your best. So if it means that you stayed an extra season, you know, really grinding it out on the Symmetra to get that, I think that's going to serve you very, very well. And I, I think that was some sound advice, and it obviously it has paid off for you. So as, as you move forward, um, and you're now getting ready, and you said, I think you said to us off air that you had one more event this year. 
Um, what are you going to do in the off season? Are you going to play a little bit more uh, to try and get ready, or are you going to you know rest a little bit and just have some fun, get out there and do whatever besides golf? What are you going to do in the off season? So for now, I mean, I guess it's only been a week um, since I since I finished my season, but it's been a lot of resting. Uh, kind of like let let my 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 body rest, uh, make sure that I take my time, of course. So for the next this this two weeks, I guess it's been like the same thing. I mean, I enjoy doing a lot of stuff outside, like going hiking, uh, going paddleboarding, and all that stuff. So I kind of uh, I do that. And I'm I'm lucky enough. I live in a place where I can do all that stuff. Uh, so it's been kind of relaxing and, and focusing on my other hobbies, I guess. Uh, but like I said, yes, end of November, I will be playing a European tour event in Spain. I got an invitation to play on that, so I'm super excited for that, um, to just come home and, and, and play play at home uh, with my people. I'll, I'll have my family down there, hopefully, with me. Uh, so that'll be super exciting for me. So, yes, I mean, after these next couple of weeks, I'll start getting back to work. Um, and, in, and it's just off-season work. Um, it's gym work already. Um, and then get back on the golf course and get ready to – to play on that event. I mean, I'm very excited, so I just I can't wait. So you're really not going to take too much of an off season. You're going to rest a little bit, but you're actually going to get right back to it. And that's <laughs> see, that's a that's the sign of a ch- a champion right there. Is you're going to you know you you rest a little bit, but not too much, because um, you got to get back out there and because uh, you're going to be grinding it out with the best. So um, mm-hmm. that's I think a good a good strategy. So. Obviously, this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. Obviously, the LPGA, as I mentioned, is is uh, you know sort of where all of the the women players want to get to that want to play uh, at the highest level. Um, but it's a bigger season, as you said. There's a lot more events to potentially be in and play. Um, are you going to pace yourself out uh, and try to not play too much in a in a small period of time? Uh, or how are you going to do that? Because that can be very overwhelming. A lot of people, especially when they first come out on tour, tend to, well, I've got to play every single event, I've got to do all of this, and then they get burnt out by halfway the season. Have you got a game plan for 2022 moving forward? What's your strategy going to be? Yes, I, I do. I mean, kind of. Um, I'm still waiting. We're still waiting on the official schedule to, to come out, of course. Um, but, you know, that we'll have basically a full car, so I'll be able to kind of pick and choose from the very beginning where I want to be and, and the tournaments I want to play into. Um, so what I'll do is probably um, – I, I usually don't like playing more than three or maybe four will be my, my top at, at, um, on a row. Um, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll look at the schedule when it comes out and, and try to pace myself in a way that I won't be playing too much. Um, I won't get too tired, of course, just mentally and physically. Um, but yes, I mean, for me, ideally, I only like to play three to four on a row tops, and then take one or two mm-hmm. weeks off. Um, so I'll just have to look at the schedule when it when it comes out officially. Um, I believe we'll stop you starting in January, like we always do end of January. So that'll be a little bit of a short off season for me. That's kind of why I'll also, <clears throat> you know, get back to work here um, after a couple of weeks and then play at the European Tour event. Then I take an, another couple of weeks off and then get back to work fully uh, to prepare for the season. So I just have to look at the schedule when it comes out officially. Um, but, yeah, I'm lucky enough that I get to pick and choose where I play into, which will be a, fir- a first for me. Um, so I'm very pumped for that. I think that's fantastic. That's very wise of you to uh, to take that approach. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question that um, I think – will be interesting because you just mentioned a few moments ago that you reached out to somebody on the LPGA uh, to get their advice because obviously they were, you know, had played on the Symmetra and you wanted to get that. Um, as the season goes on or maybe a couple of seasons passed while you're out in the LPGA, what advice are you going to give if somebody from the Symmetra reaches out to you with that same question? What advice are you going to give them? Um, I mean, I think I'll always be there for advice because I was in the symmetry and I know how hard it is. Um, and hopefully I'll, I'll stay in the LPGA for, for a long time, but I'll always be there for advice. If they were to be in my situation where they didn't have mm-hmm. very good status on the on the LPGA and they had a full car on the Symmetra and they had started the season like I did in, from, in the top 10 from the very beginning, I'd say stick with mm-hmm. them. Uh, it's going to be a long road. It's going to be a long year because you're always going to be wondering in the back of your mind the what if, you know, what if I had play another Monday qualifier, what if I had tried a little harder to make it into the LPGA event and all that stuff. But 
at the end of the day, it was out of my control. Like, I, I really didn't get into any LPGA events until I was six events into the Cementa Tour um, season, and I was doing very well there. So if they were in my shoes, I would say, you know, I know it's going to stink because we all want to be on the LPGA, but if you do it for just a little bit longer and you truly stick with it and believe in it, um, it, it can work, it, it can pay off at the end. So I say stick with it. Now, if it was a different situation in which this person wouldn't be doing so well on the, on the Symmetra Tour and if they were not top five, top ten on the Symmetra Tour, then I'd say, you know, it doesn't hurt to try and play whatever event you get to play on the LPGA. But if you're doing well, you're in the top ten, just stick with it. Um, honestly, it's, yep. it's the best card you can get into the LPGA, so stick with it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's some great advice, and obviously it worked and served you well, and, and I think it would do uh, serve somebody else uh, coming up through the ranks as well to hear that from you. Um, let me just ask one more question, then, Cindy, I'll, I'll send it back over to you. Um, what's the hardest thing to, to deal with on tour um, regardless of whether it's Symmetra or, or LPJ, is it the travel? Is it sticking to a schedule? Do you find it challenging to, to get into a routine? What is the most challenging part for you uh, doing what you do for a living? Um, I think it's the never being home part, uh, always being gone, always yeah. traveling. The traveling part is crazy. I mean, of course, it can be a little lonely out there, especially in the Symmetra. I mean, I basically travel by myself, but I was so lucky to have a, a few friends out there that I met on tour, really great friends that we kind of help each other out. We kind of uh, um, share Airbnbs and all that stuff. And to me, that's made my this year and the last couple of years, I guess, so much better to just have somebody, some other players to share it with. Um, because I think it can, give, it can get very lonely out there. It can get very tough, um, especially if you're not playing well mm-hmm. at times. It can get even worse. Um, so, but like I said, I'm just very lucky to have had, you know, really good friends to share it with. Um, I don't know that I would be, it would have been that easy for me if not. Yeah, I think that's, that's very uh, interesting because, you know, we've had other guests on who are in a similar situation to you where they're not, uh, you know, even though they do have some residents of some sort here in the United States, they're from, uh, you know, another country, they're, most of their family's back there. Uh, so it can be very difficult. So I think you hit it right on the head. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to establish a friendship and camaraderie with, with your fellow players out there, even though you're battling it out each week um, in tournament, mm-hmm. I think developing those friendships is extremely important because I'm sure it gets very lonely for you gals out there at times, uh, you know, week in, week out. And especially if, if, uh, if, the, if the putts aren't rolling in your favor, uh, it can be extra uh, uh, challenging <laughs> as well. Um, Cindy, Cindy, go ahead. What are you going to work on once you stop resting and and get back to work what do you need Um, to work on for next year my main focus i mean keep doing what i'm doing of course continue to work uh i always try and make small thing changes in the in the off season just things that i've been trying to work on super long term of course so i'll I'll work on that swing changes but something i really want to focus on going into next year is my business control uh, especially with, with my with my wedges, uh, so I'm gonna just create a plan of action for that, and um, I, I wanna I wanna be spot on with my wedges next ne- next year. So inside 120 yards, I'd say, um, I wanna I wanna become really good in that area. I think that's something that I've been lacking lacking a little bit um, on that. Um, so th- that that'll be it. Continue to focus on my uh, on my gym work, uh, trying to continue to hit it far and, and get, create an advantage out of that. Um, but also um, trying to get my business control um, down for the off-season, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And how many days a week do you work out? I work out now in the off-season between four and six. Uh, It just depends on the week and when I'm doing all that stuff. But, yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling a little pain. I'm feeling the pain right now. (laughs) Go ahead, Cindy. Stand up. Get off your butt. (laughs) Um, how many days a week do you work out in the during the season? During the season, I've been doing three, um, three to four, but that always depends on the schedule, how the traveling day is. If the traveling day is a little longer, then I'll stick with three. So I'll do like Tuesday, Wednesday, and then one of the other days uh, that my tea time is in the morning. Um, so I, I try this year, I try to get a little bit more on a schedule with it because up until this year I was a little off. Um, and I thought to be a little more on schedule with it and do at least three. Uh, it's something that helps me. It's something that kind of like gets me to 
to do to move a little bit when I'm on the road and, and sometimes um I I'm a little tired. I, I found that I get a little more tired when I don't do enough, if that makes sense. Um I know that sounds weird. Wow. But that's what really works for me. Mm. Awesome. Ted? Yeah, that's uh <laughs> like I said, I'm feeling the pain already. I'm feel, I'm feeling embarrassed <laughs> I need to step up my game a little bit. Uh Fatima, let me ask you a question. We asked you uh, this particular question last time you were on, and I want to change it a little bit. We asked you, you know, what would you do if there was a young girl that wanted to sort of follow in your footsteps and, you know, uh, play competitive golf out on tour? You know, what advice would you give them? I want to change that a little bit, and I want to eliminate the tour part. So if you had a young lady or a group of young ladies in front of you that maybe had never played or, or uh, you know, really had, didn't express in the past an interest in golf, what would you say to them to encourage them uh, to get out there and obviously give it a try, but how would you? What would you suggest that they do to introduce them to the game and get them started? Um, to introduce them to the game, I mean, my thing is always just like just pick up a golf club and swing it. Like, I mean, I know it sounds simple, but it's just that easy in a way. And once you once you create a once you go and do that, you probably meet people with the same interest um, that you have, uh, and that are trying as well to just pick up the game and, and go out there and do it. I mean, it's just, it's, it can be so much fun and you get to know so many people through it. Even if it's not, like you said, even if it's not to uh, go out and tour one day, even if it's just, you know, for fun. Um, you get to know so many people. Um, and like, like I've said before, this is, um, I owe this for involved so many of my friends that I can't even begin to tell you uh, how glad I am that I actually, you know, picked up the game when I was, when I was young. But it's also a game that you can pick up at any age. Um, so honestly, I'll just say that it's fun and that you're going to get to know so many friends that um, why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think it's great advice. I think it's like anything. I think you have to at least give it a try. Um, you know, I remember my sister um, several years back, um, you know, had never played golf. Of course, I've played since I was very young and uh, loved the game. And my father, you know, introduced me to the game. And uh, for some reason, she never took it up uh, early on. And I finally just got upset at her. And I said, listen, just go out and try it. And you might like it. And, um, you know, she played for many, many years and actually enjoyed it. She was never a great, great golfer, but she loved it and actually played, uh, you know, in the um, events that her company that she worked for uh, participated in and did things. So she actually went out and and joined a women's league and started playing. And, and I was really, I was actually, when I got up the floor from fainting in shock that she had actually done that, um, you know, I was pretty proud of her. I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty incredible. Um, what, what do you think, uh, Fatima, just one final question that I have for you. Um, what, when you look back on your career at some point, uh, down the road, hopefully many, many years down the road, what do you think you want to remember the most? Is it the competitiveness of the events? Is it the people that you've met and, and friendships that you've made? How are you going to look back on your career? What are you going to say to yourself? Um, for me, for me, it's, it's the people. For me, it's always the people. Uh, golf is super important. Uh, competition is super important, and I love it. I mean, I love being out there. I love competing uh, among the best in the world, and, and I, I love all of that. I mean, I absolutely no no doubt there is no way I would be doing it if not. But for me, it's always, for me, just the people that I meet, the the, the relationship that, that, that I create uh, through the game, it's always been that, and I think it, it'll, it'll always be. I mean, I look back in my last few years in this mentor tour, it's a really hard tour to get to the LPG. It's a like, long road, um, but I'm just so mm -hmm. glad that I did it. I am so glad of, I've met the people that I've met and, and I've shared the experience that I've shared with other people. So to me, I think, yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, competing is, is great, and that's the reason why I do it. But besides that, I mean, the, in my opinion, for me, as a, as a person, as a human, I mean, I'm, I'm more than a golfer. I'm more than a professional mm -hmm. athlete. I'm, I'm a person, and... And the the thing that makes me a person and, and a happy person, I guess, is just the people that I meet along the way. So it's always been the human connections that I make, I think, and I hope it stays the same. Yeah, I think that's so true. And, Cindy, I think you would agree with that as well. I mean, obviously, you you, uh, you know, Cindy uh, uh, Farma has, has played competitive golf and does still. Mm -hmm. 
um, and obviously teaches golf. But Cindy, would you agree? I mean, you've made a lot of great friends along the way uh, in your career, uh, you know, being involved in this game. And that's probably uh, something that you're going to remember very fondly as time passes on. Would you agree, Cindy? Holy cow, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I met my husband (laughs) playing golf. Um, My best friends are golfers. I played college golf, junior golf. I mean, you know that. You've already probably Mm -hmm. experienced that. And and you know what's funny? On the Legends Tour, and my husband played on the PGA Tour for 15 years, and when he went to the Champions Tour, kind of like, it wasn't, oh, how are you playing? It's, how are you? You know, we've mm-hmm. known each other. There's a mutual bond and respect for those who have gone through the rigors of trying to be one of the best in the world. And it's, it's a very small community, and you need to cherish every second of it because every one of us has gone through, you know, the pits, putting in time, to get where we've gotten and you should pat yourself on the back and be very grateful, which you are. And I can't wait to see you in Spain. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's uh, some great words of wisdom. Well, Fatima, we want to thank you very much for um, joining us again this morning and uh, congratulations on having a great season on the Symmetra and we wish you nothing but the best uh, as you head out on the LPJ Tour next season. And I hope you'll come back and, and share some of your experiences. Uh, you're always welcome. The door is open. We'll, I'll, uh, I'll get you the information on how you can reach out to us if you'd like. But we would love to have you come back on again. And let us know how you do next year. Let us know uh, some of your experiences and, and share that with us. We'd love to have you come back. Awesome. Absolutely, I will. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Good luck and, and good luck in Spain. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was uh, our very special guest, Fatima Fernandez Cano. Uh, I think she's going to have a great career. She's got a very, you know, I've said this, I know a thousand times, Cindy, but it really resonates, I think, as we continue to speak with these young ladies. They are so together, aren't they? I mean, they just, they know what they want. They're very confident. They just, um, you know, they're going to do their best to get out there. And, you know, it's okay if they don't win. Um, they're going to pull up their, you know, their bootstraps or their shoelaces on their, on their golf shoes. And they're going to go out and battle it out again next week. And they're okay with that. Right. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right. Let's take a quick break and then we will be back with our next very special guest, Julita Stack. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. Um, Cindy, I'm excited to have our next guest on. She's never been on the show, of course, uh, but she's been um, in the game for a long, long time and uh, I think is is equally as passionate as we are, uh, maybe even more. Um, She is, of course, I'm talking about uh, Julita Stack. She's an LPGA uh, teaching professional uh, and also the Baltimore Golf Academy's Director of Instruction at the Pine Ridge Golf Course. Uh, she's been teaching locally at Pine Ridge since 2006, and she's a decorated and beloved teaching professional in the Maryland area and has been recognized nationally uh, as one of the top teaching professionals in the country amongst her peers. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest on our second half of the show, Jolita Stack. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank We're you. Glad you could join us. Here. Okay, great, great. Well, yes. Fatima was fantastic. I love listening to her. What a dynamic young yeah. woman. Yeah. Yeah, she's. she's uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like I was. 
it's like I was saying, um, Julita, you know, these young ladies every season, Cindy and I have been doing this for quite a number of years now, and we have the pleasure of interviewing, you know, the winners and, and whatnot every season on, uh, you know, from the Symmetra, and they're all like her now. They're just very, very enthusiastic. Uh, you know, they have their ups and downs like, you know, everybody does, but um, they're very, very passionate about what they do. They enjoy what they do. They've, they're building friendships and lifelong memories and things like that, and they just really epitomize uh, the professional golfer today, and I think they're just incredible, and we love having them on, and um, it's just a blessing. And she's just a, one example of many that we've had on the show that uh, have the, that same enthusiasm and same courage and, and, uh, uh, and excitement about it. But, um, Cindy, I'm going to let you start. Go ahead. <clears throat> what do you love most about teaching golf? Oh, where do you begin? I mean, every day is a new experience. It's just like the game itself. Um, what other sport can you go to? And, and the tees change. The pin location changes. There is never a day where it's the same. There's always a mystery to what's going to happen. You know, um, if you took if you took basketball and you changed the goal every time where the players are going down in the net, the, the, the dimensions of the court changed, it'd be a much more interesting game, right? There'd be a lot more mystery. Watching a seven-foot player dunk a basketball isn't nearly as exciting as, you know, how with golf, everything changes daily. So mm-hmm. when you have students coming out, you have to deal with each individual's, first of all, their physical, their emotional, their psyche that day, um, you know, even for us, we teach outdoors 95% of the time. So you've got to deal with even how in Baltimore with the humidity and the weather in the summertime, you know, how is this going to impact the program today? Um, you know, there's so many dimensions to it. We've got, uh, if you can imagine, and we're, we're a city court, we're city courses, right? We're municipal. We run, we run the five courses for the city of Baltimore. So, You've got to deal with the politics of that. Um, so it's not just teaching the game and the, the fundamentals of golf. There, there are, you know, a hundred different things that could come up in one day. But ultimately, it's that relationship and that bonding you build with the players. And I heard you all talking about that earlier. But it's so true. So it's the, it's the camaraderie we have as a staff, I think, that makes our program successful. But it's certainly that each of our coaches builds this beautiful rapport with their with their uh with their students and um i love seeing that well there you go yeah that's awesome (laughs) i i couldn't agree um you know i I wanted to ask you i want to go back a little bit uh, julita if, if you don't mind and just talk a little bit about your your career overall you you actually got started teaching uh, when you were down in Sarasota, Florida, back in, in the late 90 or 89, uh, rather, um, tell us a little bit about how you got started. And I know we're going to talk about a little bit. You you also played uh, a little bit too, but um, I want to talk about what brought you to the teaching side of the game. What was it about teaching golf that you really enjoyed? And tell us a little bit about your experience when you were down in Sarasota. Well, Cindy, were you down in Sarasota around that time? I nope, not for any length of time. But yes, I was down there playing, but not for any length of time. Well, it was a it was a good place to go if you wanted to compete. I wanted to give the tour a try, and um, the you know the best way to make money in between tournaments if you missed a cut, you needed to go back and figure out a way to make money to go to the next tournament. A mini tour costs were high then, you know, comparatively. And um, you either people either taught uh, or they they tended bar or they were you know waiters waiters or whatever servers and I thought well teaching golf will get me get me there so it was a start to to kind of make money to to feed the habit of competing and then um, I think after my third attempt at trying to get on the tour and missing out um, I realized like you know I think I could I'm pretty good at this teaching I loved it but but this. It's it's complex, right? Nothing happens easily. So you you know, with golf, you're constantly having to reinvent yourself. Well, I've found it helps to do that anyway. Um, it, you you know, it would have been easy to to walk away from golf and say I wrung the towel on the competition side. Now I'm done. 
but the game, it, it has something about it that, you know, I grew up on a golf course and being around just the smells of the old pro shop and the, the old guys that were in the shop and the, the people I met out there just keeps bringing me back and figuring out a way to keep myself in this game. And I thought about, you know, I did some, did some soul searching along the way and uh, thought about, well, who are the people in my life that were most influential? Who are the people that meant the most to me? I'll tell you, of course, your, your immediate family. And um, a lot of them were, were, were coaches or, you know, mentors of, and that sort of thing, and I try to pick pick the ones that meant the most to me, and what could I what could I bring to the game that they taught me? And a lot of them weren't even golfers, you know. They were they were maybe basketball coaches or um, from my track and field days at Florida State, things like that. And you know, I reinvented myself as a coach and and um, brought a little different dynamic to it. So then then I think that. I, I don't hate to say typical PGA guy had, but being a woman in the industry at that time, and even today, well, you can write your own ticket. You could do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hit the ground running with juniors and, and new golfers, and I really found my niche in that field, and I haven't haven't changed much since. In terms of how I how I teach, like uh, the, the 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 people I like to teach. I love teaching juniors. I love teaching new golfers. So, um, but. I don't know if you remember Judy Judy Dickerson or Judy Sams and Marty Dickerson. Do you remember those names, Cindy? I do. Right, and then um, Ted, you might remember Jennifer Wyatt. She's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So they were all around Sarasota when I was there, and were so instrumental in helping me achieve like what I thought was my best potential, and were so helpful. I mean. It, it brings tears to my eyes thinking how these people didn't know me, brought me in, and, you know, whooped my hiney daily. But we had so <laughs> much fun, and made me so, they made me so much better. And got to the point where, you know, I could go out and, and play with them and beat them. You know, they got me, and they were so proud. They were so proud. And they would do whatever they could to help. You know, there were quite a few great coaches along the way, but, you know, you remember people like that. And you you want to turn you want to turn around and help others. So I heard you you know when you were talking to Fatima, it was just, you know what would you say to to the young ones coming along? And it's it's well as a coach you constantly are trying to make them better versions of themselves, as Ted Lasso would say. You know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so true. It's it's interesting because uh, again, when you've been around the game long enough you you understand there's certain things that you understand uh, and become aware of. And when you're somebody that's new to the game, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of daunting because it is, a, it is a challenging game. You know, as I, I was mentioning earlier, I was shared a little bit of the story about my sister. And, and for years, I mean, she would get on my case. I just don't get it. I don't understand, you know, chasing that little white ball around and just doesn't make any sense to me. And I finally, I, I mean, I'm ashamed now to say it, but I actually got mad at her. I said, listen. I said, you know, be quiet or get out on the, you know, the practice tee or out in the golf course and try it yourself. And ultimately she did, and she went on to, uh, again, she was not going to win any, any trophies on the LPGA Tour, but she had fun. She actually enjoyed it. Uh, and at the time she was involved with somebody that um, uh, also loved and enjoyed the game, and we had a great time together as a result of it. But, again, she needed that push. So. I want to bring you uh, sort of to focus on that just for a moment more, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Julita. Um, you know, growth of girls and, and women's golf is obviously very important to you. And, and I want to throw out an interesting stat. In 2020, of course, <clears throat> we got hit with this lovely pandemic, and we've all been, uh, you know, navigating as best we can around that. But what an interesting stat, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but this was put out by the National Golf Foundation that in 2020, there were approximately 400,000 plus. New women, that's new women that got introduced to the uh, game of golf during a pandemic, which is just unheard of. Um, I think half of them I think were first off, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, if they were smart. So I, I've been to Sarasota, so it's beautiful down or not uh, Maryland, rather. But, um, but uh, you know, it's – what I want to ask you is there's a lot of women, for whatever reason – that have suddenly began taking an interest in the game. 
What do you think? Do you what do you attribute to that? Do you do you know or do you have a, an idea of what might be causing this sudden uptick? Uh, because they're 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 tending to be the largest group of new golfers coming to the game right now. What do you attribute that to? And how do you think, as an industry, we should? Um, is there anything we should be doing differently than maybe what we have been doing in the past? to really encourage these young women and, and some older women too that have gotten into it uh, to really stick with it at whatever level they choose to play. You know, it is, it's really interesting. And in different courses where I've taught over the years, you could see where, you know, a, a, a small girls program would grow because, you know, um, one girl brings another girl and then she brings another girl. And then all of a sudden they have their, their little group of friends coming and they make it sort of the popular thing to do. Um, what, what's happened with us is we just decided to, to, you know, get girls from different age groups, you know, focus on these different, uh, skill sets. So when you're really young, you don't want to be maybe mixing it up with a high schooler, right? But, and then with the more, the more you could, we also brought in really young coaches. So if I had a a 14 year old that was, you know, and coaching, I could say, but they're sort of just keeping them safe. They're bringing balls. They're keeping them separated. They're encouraging them. But they're out there being the cheerleaders for these other young girls. So what do they do? They, they kind of wear the outfits that the, the little girls look up to and want to be like. They want to be like them. They want to look like them. You know, they don't look like mm-hmm. me. They don't look like the PGA guy in the, in the shop. So when you come out, and, and I've even asked this question. It's so cool. I say, hey, who do you think boss is out here? Who's the boss? And they'll point over to, like, the 14-, 15-year-old girl, and they'll say, she's a boss. Or, you know, the boys will do the same thing. They'll point to the, the 17-year-old high school kid who's, like, sitting there, you know, doing whatever, and they'll be like, he's the boss. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. It's because they want to look like they want to be like them. And so how can, yeah. I, how, can I, how can I grab them and bring them in? So it's sort of for us it's been we've had to do this because we just don't have enough help from – you know, there's just not there are not enough pros to go around. If anybody wants to come help me in the next couple of years as we grow it out, please come to Baltimore and uh, hang your single. But the, the girls bring girls. There's no other there's mm-hmm. no other way around it. I, I ask them. I say, how many of you watch golf on TV? Maybe two out of twenty. Um, once they get going with it, they'll start to watch more golf, and we'll encourage them to you know, look at the Solheim Cup, look at this tournament's going on this weekend, whatever. But they don't come to it because of TV. They come to it because either their parents asked them to or, you know, mm-hmm. somebody at the swimming, you know, at the swim team said, hey, my daughter's going to this golf program. you got to bring her. So it's just growing by word of mouth here. And I think that's what's going on all over. And once the girls get there and they realize, hey, it's fun. They have, like, little parties after they putt. They, uh, they wear cute outfits. They... They do different, you know, we do different things. And, you know, we still do workout. We just, we still do physical workout stuff, but we don't make it extremely rigorous where, you know, it just, just enough to get them going and then mm-hmm. try to build on skills every single time. So you walk away, you know, if, I, if, if we can make you feel a little bit better about yourself and your game when you, from when you walked on the tee when you got there, we've done a good job, right? So either we built up your skill set or built you up, as a, as a person, you're going to want to come back to that place. We made you feel better. Um, and that, to me, is the number one thing we do at our facility. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain, you know, that's kind of the LPGA um, that's, that's built into us. You know, they, they, they school us on that. Um, you, give us, you give people enough flexibility to do it their own way, to teach the fundamentals or to, the skills in their own, in their own way, and, and as, as you know, Never do harm, so you never want to harm a player, whether it's, you know, giving them too much work to do, trying to get them to, to hit shots they'll never be able you know, challenge them, but mm-hmm. encourage them. So, you know, that, that's easy stuff, but I really think the, the whole thing is that when the girls get out there and they see so many other girls that look like them or they want to look like or uh, be like or they feel welcomed. I mean, our, our diversity at our golf course, has cha- the, the, it's changed so much. There's so many different people there now, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I concur with that because it, it, just on a side note, uh, and then Cindy, I'm going to pass it back to you. Um, I was at a local course here on the weekends this past weekend and um, just, you know, hitting some balls and having some fun. And I went a little extra early, uh, actually woke up early for a change and went out there. And I was really shocked because I hadn't done that in a little while, you know, gone out that, that early to this particular course. And I was amazed at how many um, young people in general, obviously, but young girls and, you know, either like uh, in their teens or even early 20s that were out there, um, you know, either getting ready for a lesson or playing or whatever, very impeccably dressed. I mean, they, they looked the part. And they were out there to have fun. And I, t- I just happened to be, when I was standing in the pro shop and I was doing my thing, you know, I was talking to a couple of them there as they were getting ready to, to, you know, check out and get ready for what they were doing. And they just, you know, they're kind of new to the game, some of them, but they just love it. And it, it just attests to what you were just saying is there, there's something, I don't know what it is, whether it's something in the cereal in the morning, yeah. but something has created, created a spark that yeah. more and more young women are gravitating to this game and, and i don't know, know what, what it really, is i hope well i'm going to say one of the great things is is that when we look at our pga junior league so we have you know quite a few players that compete we had our own league we had so many players this this year that our our golf course had their own league and half of the players were girls now that's never happened before we always have you know, a handful of girls that competed, but it's gotten to the point now where half of them are girls. Our our high school development program, right? Half of them are girls, and the girls are are filling the the local high schools, right? They're going out there and and competing, which it's it's not. I don't, you know, I really don't care if you want to compete. Great, we'll 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 coach you up that way. If if you just want to go out and play with your mom and dad, or just go out and play with the other the other little girls or the or the other high school kids, you know that that's fine too. If you just want to do it socially, but that so many are wanting to try their hand at the competition and do the drive, chip and putt, and all that stuff, and you know that that's wonderful, right? I mean, just the fact that they're getting out there and trying competition. And golf, you know how difficult that is. <laughs> it's, it's a whole different thing from going out and just playing 18 holes or playing nine holes or five holes and then going out and competing. And the ones who stick with it, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, they come back a lot, with a lot more confidence. So yeah, it's, it's me. I don't know exactly what it is, but all I can tell you is you put a bunch of girls there, more girls are going to come. And then what happens? More boys come. So the whole thing is just it's smart. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's um, so, so true. Cindy, go ahead. How do you uh, – where do you have them start compete? I, PGA Junior League is number one, I'm sure. Drive, chip, and putt. U.S. kids, right. you have an Under Armour tour. What do you have? Yes, we have the Under Armour tour. We have, we have all that in the area. Peggy Kirk Bell, great, great place for the girls. Um, we actually do – a junior development league and it goes through even age 11 so our junior development league it, it's just a five hole kind of models the pga junior league thing and it it's just to get the the, the young ones to come out and understand you know the, the format and to get them uh ready for when they step into pga junior league because we had a team the, the first year I ever did it we had a team that the pga they said, you know, anyone can play, brand-new golfers, whatever. So, you know, we had brand-new golfers come, and we went over to a country club near us, and, and we're, it, was, it was devastating on every level. It was supposed to be fun, but we got there, and we were playing with kids, and they were big. They were like 13, 14 years old, and they had played a lot, and our kids were not very good. And it hurt me as a coach. They, now, the other, pro, the other guys were so nice, they, they didn't – they didn't, you know, they didn't intend for it to be that way. That's just what it was. And I was like, I'll never let this happen again. When the kids come out, I want them to at least have a shot, to at least be able to, you know, if you lose, you, you, you lose, that's no big deal. But I don't want you ever feeling embarrassed. So I try, to, I try to make sure the kids feel like they're prepared. You know, you, you know think about it. If you show up to a tournament and you're way over your head, that's never a good thing for, for building one, especially, especially with the girls. You, you just don't want to feel like you're torn down that way. So I feel like 
sending them to these places like Drive, Chip, and Putt where they can see there are a bunch of other kids that don't get points and some that do, and then you can try to get better for the next time. Or playing in the Peggy Kirk Bell has these different developmental uh, brackets, so you get to play with the, at the right level. Um, and I think that's the key because you're not going to want to stick with it. If, if you go down the Black Diamond ski slope your first time out, are you going to want to go back skiing again? Nope. So I agree. Yeah, I I've agree. done that. I, I've I've done that, by the way. <laughs> and it, and I didn't <laughs> yeah, want to go too. back. Right. Stick into golf. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a bad experience, but anyways. Um, so let me let me just ask. Uh, or sorry, Cindy, go ahead. If you had uh, another question, you had. You're good. Go ahead. Um, so, Jalita, let me ask you. Um, you know, again, just sort of playing on, on the theme that we've been talking about here, um, a, a lot of golfers, again, we all know, the three of us know, that, that it can be a very, very challenging game. And depending on where you are, I mean, obviously I'm in Florida and Cindy's up in Buffalo and you're up in Maryland, so it's going to get a little cooler for you uh, gals up there in the next little bit. And even though you, know, you can go indoor, um, the unfortunate thing is for some, particularly in the Northeast, they kind of go into a hibernation and don't do a lot in the off season. What would you recommend for golfers to work on in the off season, whether it be from their home uh, or maybe heading out to somewhere that has an indoor facility? What would you recommend that they work on so that they keep themselves sharp in that off season so they'll be ready to play when they come out next spring? Oh, it's a simple thing. One of the most important things is to get, a, you know, a, a grip trainer because especially for young people or new golfers, the grip is one of the things that when it starts to go wrong, it's it's hard to bring it back. So those those formed grip trainers that go on the club, I don't know, Cindy, what do you think of those? Do you, do you are you an advocate of them? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Right. So, so I think just putting your hands on the club and even just taking swings in your, in your yard, in your front porch, or, you know, you put, your, put that club in your hand in the living room and just go through the quarter swing, half swings, you know, you know ankle high, ankle high, waist high, waist high. Um, lots, of, lots of other exercises that can help with the bands, the um, just pure, just dug on push-ups and squats and things that you can do inside. It doesn't have to be... Um, you know, there, there are t- so many things online now. And these kids are teaching them how to, teaching themselves how to play golf using YouTube channels and Instagram. And, and so if you want to do workouts, you know, there's a ton of information online. Um, we, do, we do a lot of things. That we, sh- we show the kids the, the things we want them to do. So we bring them out and have them do basic, basic stuff. Because I think if you make it too complicated, they don't want to do it. But um, a lot of the kids are doing martial arts, they're doing taekwondo, they're um, karate, great stuff for golf, um, anything, playing basketball in the off-season. All that, all that is, 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 you know, I think is fantastic. It's, it's um, strengthening you, it's making it, it's what we say, it's all kung fu, it's all part of the process. You learn to be a better athlete, you take care of your body and your mm-hmm. better teammate, better sportsmanship, the whole thing. But... Um, you know, I, again, that's another place I bring in my younger coaches, they, these young people. They're, they're, they're USGTF trained. They're not PGA, but they are. Their hearts are in it. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're fantastic. And they're helping tremendously because when the younger ones see them doing it, like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, and what do you what, what do, you do, Cindy? You, you kind of – do you have a lot of uh, workouts that you, that you do and <clears> – <throat> Physical workouts, not so much, but we teach in the Dome all winter. So mm-hmm. we have a player development program that we have an awful lot of kids come to. Um, Great. Yeah, and we're lucky because we've got a Dome with 48 stations upstairs and downstairs, and you can see oh, the ball wow. fly 100 yards. Oh, I'd love to see that. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It's awesome. You're lucky. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I we do lucky. the best we can outside because I don't – I, I know I've done. We have a, we have set up our, our indoor, but I've never I've just never been one of the pros that loves teaching inside. I just you know I, I love to be out. We're, we'll try to go as, as as deep into the winter as we can. There's always a day or two we can get out there and, and play. Um, in the winter time here in Baltimore, we get enough moderate days that course is empty. We play, 
So just bundle mm-hmm. up, wear your hat, put on your Polartec gloves. Let's go. So if you're in town, you can uh, stop by and see me. We'll get a game in. Sounds good. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's so important. I can, see Ted, to, I can see Ted leaving Florida to come to Baltimore in the winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah, <laughs> no, not. good luck. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I left. I left Canada for a reason. I had enough snow and shoveling and uh, cold winter mittens and that. No, that's why I moved to Florida. Um, but no, it's, you know, I, I look at it this way. You know, when, when I was, and I'm going to just quickly reference this because we're getting close on our time. But, you know, when I lived in Canada, you know, obviously we had a limited season, much like, you know, uh, you guys have um, more close to what Cindy's experiencing. But, um, you know, we made the best of it, and we didn't at that time. We didn't have a lot of indoor options. Now later on in the Toronto area, which is uh, the area I grew up uh, mainly in, they had uh, uh, a dome as well, much like uh, what Cindy has. So we would go somewhere like that if we could. Um, but for those of us that were more drawn to the game, you know, we did things. Worked on the grip. We worked on different things. I had a full-length mirror in my rec room or basement, uh, yeah, as some might call it. Yeah. And I, you know, I taped it off. I taped it off, okay, so that I knew where the ball position, I knew where my, my lines were. And I stood in yeah, front of that mirror. And, you know, I think my family thought I was conceited or something. I said, why are you checking yourself out in the mirror? I said, I'm not checking yeah. myself out. I'm checking my golf, you know, swing, no, out, that, if you will. But, Ted, it's, it's funny but, you said that because that's exactly what we do, too. In the, in the winter, we have the medicine balls, and we bring them inside, and we just don't break the mirror with the medicine balls. But yeah, that's that's about it's about all you can do, and you can improve. You can improve your swing and make oh, vast yeah. changes away from when you're competing. I think that's the time to do it. If you're trying to you're trying to reroute someone's backswing from a whatever you know handsy handsy top mm. of the backswing thing to getting them more connected, you, you you have a much better chance at making those changes in in the off season in the winter, especially when you're using the weighted clubs, the medicine balls, and you're doing some mm. speed stick training. You know, the, the club speed stuff is, is important, but you have to, people have to remember you have to have a good physical base before you start doing speed, speed training. Otherwise, you will get well, injured. Right. And, and, and the other thing, too, is what, what I found is just going through the motions, if you will, of the golf swing in that off season. Because, you know, if you're plunking your, your fanny down on, on a couch or a lazy boy chair for four or five or even six months, you know, depending on the circumstances, um, and then you come out there and expect to pick up your game where you left off last season. That's not going to happen. And so right. then, you know, they come to the lesson tee, and you got to go through the whole process again for the first, you know, month or so just to get them tuned up. So I always try yeah. to encourage people to, to get out and do, um, you know, some of the things that you just mentioned, uh, just to keep themselves active and keep themselves, you know, working on the, the, the fundamentals and things like that. So that when they came out, it was a much easier transition to get them back out in the golf course. It, you know, there's nothing worse even than working. Even those putting rugs. Real, yeah. Right, right. Even right. those putting you know, rugs. You put, the, you put that nine-foot putting rug in your living room or your, you know, your dining room, and, and, you, and, you, make, and you, you can work on those you know, five-foot putts, those ten-foot putts, just your stroke. It, it does help. I don't care what anybody says. You know, reps, reps yeah. help, especially when you have the mirrors and the lines and the whatever, and you know you're basically doing it. Golf going in the hole is a good thing, <laughs> right? I, I agree. Well, uh, Julita, um, uh, unfortunately we're out of time, but uh, we want to thank you for joining us. And if you want to let the listeners know uh, the best way they can reach out or, or where they can contact you if they want to come and, and visit and maybe check out your facility and, and uh, maybe work with you at some point, um, by all means, uh, here's a, yeah. a great opportunity to share with the listeners how they can best do that. We'll just visit BaltimoreGolfAcademy.com, um, or you can also go to InnerDriveGolf.com, I-N-N-E-R DriveGolf.com. That's my own little personal thing, and I put a lot on that. But but our our, our city courses are terrific. You'll love them if you if you come and visit with us. Or, or uh, yeah, I appreciate this time. Thank you all so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Yeah, not a problem. We'll. we'll you too as well and, and much continued success and uh, in growing the game and, and uh, we'll have you back on again in, on a future show and, and spend some more time with us but we appreciate you doing so today and, and uh, have a great se- rest of the season and a great uh, off season if you will and uh, yeah. keep doing the great things that you're doing. Thank you very much for joining us Thank uh, this you morning on the Women's Golf. All right. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.
All right, that was uh, Julita Stack, uh, LPGA teacher professional, and you can find her at the Baltimore Golf Academy uh, as their director of instruction. You'll see her uh, up at the Ridge Golf, uh, uh, Pine Ridge Golf Course. Excuse me. All right, Cindy, that's it. Another Tuesday behind us, off uh, on another adventure for the rest of this week, and I will see you next Tuesday back here on the Women of Golf. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. God bless, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.